0: Hello again, Fight Fans. Welcome to episode number 300 of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero, for The Ring Magazine, ringtv.com, and the Ring Digital YouTube channel where you are watching me live. I can't believe it. We are 300 episodes into the Neutral Corner. TNC number 300 for the week of February 12th is here. It is Super Bowl week, as you can see. I'm rocking the Los Angeles Rams cap. I think they're going to get it done this Sunday in Los Angeles. This is what the second year in a row that there is a team representing the city, uh, that the city th- that the Super Bowl is being played in. Of course, last year, Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Bucks won it this year. It's in LA and the LA Rams are in it. Although I do have to say if the Cincinnati Bengals win, I won't mind. I mean, that's a feel good story over there. I just, you know, I've been a Rams fan long before they came back to Los Angeles for you know several different reasons. So I'm going with the Rams, but I just want to see a good game. And I'm going to tune out the commercials in the halftime show because they're all going to be trash. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> TNC 300, guys, wow. I, I, this show, I can't believe it just keeps on going. It keeps on growing. And you guys are a major, major part of that, obviously. And I, I can't thank you enough for all of the support over the years in a lot of different ways. You guys have spread the word about the show. You've also contributed in other ways. Uh, A lot of you've contributed financially. You've rocked MOB gear uh, and and representing the brand out there, getting the name out there. And because of you, the show has continued to grow, and uh, it's going to continue to grow more, man. I I can't even imagine what the next 300 shows is going to look like. I think it's going to be pretty damn amazing. So. One thing's for sure. I definitely want to start getting some guests back on the show. I kind of haven't done that for a while. I've been focusing on just getting to the news and covering the show and and getting you guys on the phone lines and stuff. But I want to start bringing on some guests. And I'll start doing that again shortly. I promise you. Okay, I've just had a ton of projects and stuff, but I've got a few guests lined up in the queue. I've talked to them and we've cleared it and okayed it and they'll be coming on over the next month or so but uh, real quick I want to talk just about TNC man because well before I go any further I want to remind you guys uh, my website Monteroonboxing.com go over there that is where if you want to contribute to the show best way you could do it is go over to my website monteroonboxing.com there are buttons there where you can tip the show if, if you want to if you enjoy the show today and just want to give a dollar you can go there my QR codes for Zell. And Venmo are there. You can also do a PayPal request. And there's an order form if you want to get them on unboxing T-shirt. We got six different colors. A bunch of you guys have been ordering since I launched the site a couple of weeks ago. So thank you so much. That has been awesome, man. We have sent T-shirts all over, all over in the last couple of weeks. That's been pretty damn cool. But the neutral corner, a couple little facts I just want to show you guys. Um, this was the original episode. Look at this, man. L- look at me. Oh, my God. This is the first TNC, and it's um, it's literally me sitting in my living room at my old apartment in L.A. in this same damn chair, by the way, right? Although, no, actually, I have this same chair. It's in my office upstairs. Sorry. I did get a new chair, a new nicer chair for, my, uh, for the show here, but I still have that chair. It's in my office upstairs um, where I do my computer work and stuff. But I would literally just sit there in front of this camera, And talk this this first episode was 16 minutes and 23 seconds and the camera I didn't understand camera angles so the camera's like underneath me so I'm laid back in the chair and I'm looking (laughs) I'm looking down I got my my chin smashed in so I have like this massive double chin thing right there that's literally because I have my head back and I'm just going like this looking down at the camera the camera was almost like at waist level as I sat there but look at the uh, look how I titled it. I just said the neutral quarter one, Con, Brooke, Joshua, Selby, Linares. I just put fighter names, right? And I thought people would just figure this out. Like I literally just put, I, I think, okay, Con, Brooke, Joshua, Selby, Linares must have all won because I have their last names. And then Guerrero, Martinez, Codo, Giel. I think those were two fights I must have been previewing. But the the title was horrible. The thumbnail was horrible. Look over here. I don't know if you guys can see this. The thumbnails was uh, this Lego character with my head at the top. Just so bad. I mean, so cringe, man. I'm wearing an Italia shirt there, an Italia jacket that's actually see-through. And I didn't even think to put a T-shirt on underneath it. God, I, I didn't shave. It's just so bad. Uh, Let's see. Yeah. In this episode, Michael Montero reviews the premier boxing champions card headlined by Amir Khan's victory over Chris Algieri, a big card in the UK featuring bouts with Kell Brook, Anthony Joshua, Lee Selby, and Jorge Linares, and then previews the upcoming PBC card in Los Angeles headlines. I meant headlined, but I have a typo that I never fixed headlines by Robert Guerrero. At a, and the 157-pound catchweight fight between Miguel Cotto and Daniel Giel. Now, I remember I actually uh, went to that Robert Guerrero card because that was an afternoon card. That was an interesting card from PBC. But uh, there it was. That's how this thing started. And this was – I wanted to share this with you guys because this was in June 3rd of 2015. So this was in the summer of 2015. All right. and. um we came to the ring TNC came to the ring in July of 2020. So it took five years, but in five years, I went from what you just saw there, that terrible shit sandwich you just saw. And five years later, we were picked up by the ring. And I don't know if you guys remember, but when we first got with the ring, I did not have, um, I couldn't video people in. I could only have, when I had guests um, I couldn't share my screen or anything. They had to call in. So for a while I was having guests on the show, but they had to call in. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was uh episode 229 in July, 2020, when the show came to the ring and our guest that day was Charles Conwell, uh, one of my favorite young fighters in the sport, he came on and we talked on the phone. So I uh, couldn't, you guys couldn't even see him cause I didn't have that capability yet. You know? And over the years, just all the things I've added to the show, all the different capabilities, uh, it's really, really pretty amazing. We are going on our seventh year. Last year was our sixth year doing the show. And we're going on our seventh year. And what I'm proud to say is by this summer, it'll be two years with the ring, Uh, TNC with the ring. That is pretty damn cool. And you got to figure we're at episode 300 right now. Like I said, when we came to the ring, it was episode 229. So by the time we get to 329, which will happen this year, it'll be 100 episodes at the ring. That's that's an accomplishment. That's really, really pretty cool. Uh, The ring is one of the most reputable uh, brands in the sport in in regards to boxing media. Goes back a century. And now my show is exclusive to the ring. And this year, at some point, maybe in the summer, we'll hit uh, 100 shows at the ring. And, uh, it'll be two years at the ring and seven years total this summer that I've been doing this show. And just to see the growth, it's been pretty awesome. Now I was thinking about doing this whole 300 episode special and having, um, some friends on and some guests and all. And honestly, guys, I just couldn't because I'm so bogged down with work right now. I have several projects that I'm working on, uh, both in boxing and stuff outside of boxing. So, I'm just completely bogged down. I, I did, Last week, I only worked out once. I had that much work. And you guys know I'm a gym rat. I like to work out five, six days a week. I worked out Monday. I did not work out the rest of the week. I got back to the gym today. It's my first time in the gym for a week. So that tells you how busy I have been. Um, crazy, crazy busy. So I'm. I apologize, you know, because I feel like Episode 300, we should be having some kind of party going on. But maybe 400, maybe 500. We'll have something special lined up then. But it's just business as usual uh, for episode 300. All right, as far as news and notes goes, Ryan Garcia versus Emmanuel Otago is set for April 9th in San Antonio, Texas. So I don't love this fight for Garcia. I do see Tago Tago as a step down opponent slightly from Luke Campbell. But I'll say this, he's a tough guy. He's gonna give Garcia rounds, which he desperately needs. In fact, there's a chance possibly that this fight goes the distance and Garcia desperately needs those rounds. Uh, Tago is a guy who's been in the gym with some good fighters. I think he was a key training partner with uh, George Cambosos for a while. So uh, he's been in the gym with top fighters. He can handle himself in the ring. Not a really hard puncher. Got a motor on him and everything else. He's he's durable, but uh, doesn't really punch very hard. Perfect opponent at this point for Ryan Garcia. Now, obviously, April 9th, that's, what, that's when this fight's happening. Obviously, that leaves, what, eight more months this year. I want to see Ryan Garcia in the ring three times in 2022. He's been very disappointing over the last couple of years. Flaky took time out of the ring and then ended up posting selfies a week later at the beach with a baby mama of his like, dude, get in the ring and fight. I want to see him fight three times this year. I think he'll be Tago. I think that whether it goes the distance or not, it's going to go late. It's going to, it's going to be rounds for him, which again, he needs. But after that dude, let's step it up. And by the end of this year, I'd love to see him against a top 10 opponent again, um, and a top 10 opponent in their physical prime, because he got Luke Campbell kind of on the slide, right? I want to see him fight a top 10 guy in their prime and see what he can do. So until then, I can't really take this dude seriously. I just can't. And I don't know t- what to expect from him because he's been so flaky and inconsistent in the last couple of years. There's a little bit of Fima Lopez in him in different ways, obviously. Okay. And of course, Fima Lopez far more accomplished. But just with the mental and emotional fragility and immaturity of these guys, um, and maybe there's a little too many yes-men around them, you know, that sort of thing. I hope that Garcia is, has ironed some of that stuff out. And uh, as much attention and money as Golden Boy Promotions is paying to him, I hope that they've really, really focused on some of this outside-the-ring stuff and got that under control and that he's ready to uh, really step it up in his boxing career. We shall see. Okay, fight review time, and we got a bunch of stuff to cover. All right, Uh, last Saturday, February 5, uh, there was three different cards of note, starting over in Cardiff, Wales, um, at the Motor Point Arena. This was a Fight TV pay-per-view here in the States. I think it was like $30, which is crazy. Uh, And that was the the pay-per-view here for Fight TV. The headline of it was Clarissa Shields. They were promoting it as a Clarissa Shields pay-per-view at 30 bucks a pop, a little steep in my opinion. Uh, anyway, Chris Eubank Jr., unanimous decision win over Liam Williams in a 12-round middleweight fight. This was the main event on that card over there. Williams dropped uh, in the first, the second, the fourth, and the 11th, talked a lot of the trash, sent some really nasty stuff about um, uh, Eubank Jr. before the fight, like he wants to see him dead and all this kind of stuff. There were people out there that were trying to compare that to some of Deontay Wilder's rhetoric, when he said he wanted a body on his record and, and some of the divisive political racialized stuff that Wilder got into, absolutely no comparison, completely different um, uh, situations, completely different contexts. Uh, in this case, you know, Williams was talking specifically about an opponent they didn't like. It was fight week hype. I do think it was kind of classless and distasteful what he said, but to compare that to Deontay Wilder multiple times stating on multiple platforms that he wants a body on his record. Anybody, never really specified an opponent. Um, you know, just a completely different context there, and people should know better. But the, the people that tried to make those comparisons, there's a political agenda at play there, and uh, I'm not going to buy into that. Anyway, for Williams, he's now lost two in a row. He lost uh, to Demis- Demetrius Andre in his last fight coming in. And now lost uh, to Eubank. What's interesting is Eubank beat him arguably worse and maybe more uh, decisively than Andre did. Maybe Andre won more rounds. I don't know. It's about the same. But Eubank got the four knockdowns. And uh, some people thought that he should have closed the show and knocked him out. I, I don't know. I, I just I don't think Eubank is quite at that level. But Eubank might be at Demetrius Andre's level because, now again, Maybe Williams got softened up by Andre. He wasn't quite the same guy against Eubank. I don't know. But Eubank pretty much performed at the same level Andre did against Williams, maybe slightly better in terms of the results he got. Maybe it didn't look as good, but the results were there. Um, And at times he did look just as good. So um, I don't know what that says about Andre. I don't know what that says about Eubank. I don't know. We're still figuring that out. Anyway, uh, in the co-main, Clarissa Shields, Defends her unified middleweight titles against Emma Cozine. Everybody and their mother knew that Clarissa Shields was going to win this fight. If you bet on Cozine, you're a moron. You should probably stop gambling, probably stop betting because you don't know what you're doing. Um, an idiot could have guessed who was going to win this fight. And it's no disrespect to Cozine or Shields, but levels, people. And I talk about this all the time. Shields just doesn't have the opposition. There's one woman we're interested in seeing her fight. That is Savannah Marshall, who was there. She got in the ring after the fight. They got in each other's face. That got people talking. Good, good, because Clarissa Shields desperately needs an opponent, and Savannah Marshall does too. Maybe not as much as Clarissa, because Clarissa's trying to do these pay-per-views and this, that, the other, and she just doesn't draw. Maybe Marshall draws a little bit more in her home country, but these two women need each other desperately, so there's no reason why they shouldn't fight two or three times. Honestly, they need that, and it could really build uh, women's boxing for the bigger girls. Okay, because the little girls, there's there's enough uh, competition now. It's the divisions are filling up, but the bigger girls, they just they don't have the the depth of talent in those divisions, and those two desperately need each other. Uh, social media, of course, is completely split. Who would win that fight? Good. Half of the people out there think Marshall would win. Half the people think Shields would win. Well, that's good. That's what you need. And both of those fan bases, particularly Shields fan base, kind of polarizing, got their heels dug in, 100% sure their girl would win that. That's what you need going into a fight like that to sell it. So hopefully that fight can happen at the end of this year. If a fight between Marshall and Shields can happen in 2022 and it's remotely competitive and close and Most importantly, entertaining, maybe it leads to a rematch or a rubber match, you know, uh, down the line. Uh, A rematch and a rubber match, I should say. That could be big for both of those ladies' careers and women's boxing above 147 pounds. Uh, As far as Shield's power, she just doesn't have power. The punches are arm punches. They're on the back foot. They're thrown properly. They're th- they're thrown with precision and accuracy and, and athleticism and talent. And she's a physically strong girl, but she just can't crack an egg with her punches. And that's why I really think a fight between her and Marshall would be very entertaining. Marshall's resume is, is shit. She has not fought even the level of opposition Shields has. And Shields' resume is shit. So again, these two need each other. Marshall has looked more powerful, and maybe she is. Her punches are more thudding. She's a more powerful puncher against lesser opposition. But I think Marshall probably would have stopped Cozy, right? Probably would have stopped her. Um, But I I do think Shields is more athletic. I think she's faster. I think she's a more accurate puncher. I think she's improved more as a pro. I think that the betting lines with the Vegas oddsmakers will have Shields as the favorite going into that matchup. Regardless of where it's held, but especially if it's held here in the United States. Uh, maybe they work out a two-fight deal where one fight's over there, one fight's here, or something like that. I think odds makers will have Shields ahead. What I want to see is if Shields can't hurt Marshall, how is Shields going to respond when Marshall starts landing some hard shots from range because she's a tall, long girl on Shields? That's going to be an interesting matchup, man. I know a lot, of, a lot of you guys don't really like women's boxing, but admit it, you'd watch that damn fight. If and when that fight happens, you know you're going to watch. Just like a lot of you, you might not watch it live, but you're going to watch Taylor Serrano. That's a damn good matchup. You're going to watch. All right, uh, let's go to Phoenix, Arizona. Matchroom on the zone at the Footprint Center in Phoenix. And uh, on the undercard, let's talk about the robbery of the year so far. So this was a uh, a 10-round featherweight fight between Raymond Ford and Edward Vasquez. And Ford was let's just say very fortunate to walk away with a split decision win here. Um, Dennis O'Connell had the fight score correctly. He had it 96, 94 or six rounds to four for Vasquez. I think at best, you could say that this fight was a draw for Ford, but Judge uh Chris Wilson, who I've never heard of, had it 97-93 for Ford, and Ruben Rocky Taylor, who I've never heard of, had it 98-92 for Ford. So that's seven rounds to three, eight rounds to two. Um, the broadcast team there at the zone, they were outraged, they didn't agree with it. And I gotta say, this fight was competitive, it was close. You can if you were giving for the benefit of every doubt in every round, you could have this a draw. Maybe somehow if you're just completely biased toward him, you have it six rounds to four. But for two judges to have it that wide, eight rounds to two, seven rounds to three, that's why I use the word robbery here. That's just disgusting. And that screams of two scorecards that were filled out before the fight began. And I'm not saying that these guys, uh, maybe they're just completely inept. And they don't know what the hell they're watching. Maybe they've never spent time in a boxing ring. I don't know. But maybe there is some influence there from somebody involved in the promotion that talked to these guys. And it's just like, hey, you know, Ford's the guy we're, we're pushing. I, I don't know. I really don't know what happened here. It's, it's difficult to say. But this is absolutely an example of a shit scorecard that screwed this kid, Edward Vasquez, out of, you know, if you're going to screw the kid, at least give him a draw. Because now he has a loss on his record. I, I think both of these guys came into this fight with like about 10 pro fights. Uh, neither one of them had a loss. Now one kid has a loss, and the other the other one doesn't. Ford doesn't look that great in his last two fights. And I should give Ford a little credit because he narrowed the gap the last few rounds. He had a late surge and made the fight closer because of how he closed the fight. But the guy who did the better work, I felt throughout. Slightly, it's not like he dominated, but slightly better work was Vasquez. And again, eight rounds to two, seven rounds to three. I just don't know what these guys were seeing. And I'd love to see that. And I should mention for the record too, uh, Eddie Hearn, who promoted this event was there and he said he disagreed with the scorecards, right? And he promotes Ford, but he said he disagreed with the scorecards. I'd like to see Eddie back up that talk. I'd like to see the sanctioning organization and the local commission there in Arizona all come together and see if they could run this back and do a rematch because that was just an unjust score. And I I think that's the shittiest score we've seen so far in 2022. Not that we're that far along; We're only like a month in, but so far that's the top one. We'll be talking about that at the end of the year. All right. Also on this card, uh, women's, um, fighting, uh, Jamie Mitchell defended her, uh, white title for the first time. TKO two win against Carly Skelly of the UK. Knocked her down twice, and the skill level gap was apparent from the opening bell. I mean, how was this woman in a title fight? This was a WBA title, so say no more. And Mitchell won the title last year against Shannon Courtney, who I think lost the title on the scales, but then she she won anyway. And then um. Beat, uh, now her in her first defense dominates Skelly, but I'm just like, how is this for a title fight? This woman just did not look like she belonged, uh, in, in a professional prize fight at this level at best. She belonged. And again, no disrespect to her, but she belonged in a four rounder, like at the novice level. That's just how she appeared to me. So I want to give Mitchell credit. She did what she was supposed to do against this level of opponent. Um, but for Skelly, I, I just I feel like her handlers really did her dirty, putting her in a fight like this that she clearly wasn't ready for uh, just and they were going to bring her out. I think they're going to try to bring her out for the third round or something. Or no. no, no, I think. OK, that's right. After the first round, she got dropped. It was kind of out on her feet. They brought her out for the second. and I was kind of questioning that. But finally, the ref stopped in, stepped in and did the right thing and stopped this one. All right, let's talk about the main event. Jesse Bam Rodriguez, we talked about him a lot last week, and this was a big step up for him. Huge opportunity, though. Right place, right time. I think him and his team, um, Robert Garcia Boxing Academy, they did a fantastic job jumping at this opportunity, and the kid was ready. Gets a unanimous decision win against Carlos Quadras, wins the vacant 115-pound title. Jesse Rodriguez is brothers with Joshua Franco both from San Antonio, Texas, and now they both have titles at 115 pounds that they've taken back to their hometown. So this is a feel-good story. Uh, possibly Rodriguez will get uh, Sarisa run rungley signed next, but he did mention that he's going to be watching, of course, the fight between Chocolatito and Martinez. Maybe he fights that winner. He also mentioned that, look, I could stay and defend my belt at 115, I can get back down to 112 if I want to. He said 108 as well. I don't think he's going to go back down to 108. I don't know if he can make that weight after going all the way up to 115. I don't think that'd be healthy. But I do think he could go back to, uh, down to 112 if he wants. So there are options for him at 112 and 115. And, you know, look, all the, the great fighters at 115 right now, you talk about Quadras, Sai, Chocolatito, and Estrada. They're all long in the tooth, especially Quadros, who we'll talk about in a second. But all these guys are getting older, right? So Rodriguez is the new blood, and maybe he hit the division at just the right time. And you imagine if over the next couple of years, he could fight all those guys. Imagine if he fights Runvisai, Chocolatito, um, maybe Martinez, if, if he stays at 115 after his fight with Chocolatito. Um, and then Estrada, if he gets all those guys and beats all of them. That's pound for pound level accomplishments right there, right? So, so uh, really, there's a ton of potential there. It's, it's very exciting. And um, I know the Robert Garcia Boxing Academy, they're really excited about this kid. But uh, in the fight, Quadros was dropped in the third round. It looked like it might be an early night. But him being the badass that he is, the proud veteran, he responded. He won some rounds in the middle of the fight. But down the stretch, it felt like a nine rounds to three kind of fight here, that Rodriguez just was the better man. Two judges scored it right. They had a 117, 110. One judge somehow, somehow had a 115, 113, or seven rounds to five. That was a little too close for me. I thought this was 8-4, 9-3 kind of fight. Quadras, you know, you look at his record. He has now lost five of his last nine going back to 2016. And some people would look at that and be like, oh, this guy's an average fighter. No, He's not. <laughs> His losses are to Chocolatito, who was pound-for-pound number one around that time. Uh, Estrada, who's been a pound-for-pound top-ten guy for years. McWilliams Arroyo, who is a very underrated fighter, very, very good, accomplished Puerto Rican fighter. I've talked about him before on the show. And now Rodriguez, who I really think two, three, four years from now, he's probably going to be on the pound-for-pound list. I, I really feel that way. Kid's got a little bit of everything. He doesn't have... Game-changing, elite-level power. But this was like his first real fight at 115. Maybe if he settles in there, he's only 22. Who's to say two, three years from now he doesn't settle in and become a power puncher at 115? He could. So, um, you know, he's still developing. I think you got to give him some time there. But anyway, with Quadras, yeah, he lost five of nine, but look at who he's fought, man. And he has some good wins sprinkled in there. I want to say he's got a win over Sai in there. And he reminds me of Sean Porter a lot, except on a pound-for-pound pound stage, I think Quadras has fought the better fighters in a pound-for-pound pound sense because everybody Porter's fought is basically PBC welterweights until recently he fought uh, Terrence Crawford, a, a top-ranked welterweight at the time. But it's, it's, you know, I think Sean Porter, one of my favorite guys of this generation, he fought everybody. But I think Quadras fought even better guys pound-for-pound from all over the world. And I just think he deserves tremendous credit. We need, like I always say, we need more Sean Porters, right? We need more Gabe Rosados, right? Man, we need more Carlos Quadras too. He he did put some respect on that man's name. All right. All right. Let's go to this pay-per-view show in Las Vegas, Fox on, uh, I'm sorry, PBC on Fox pay-per-view. And, uh, Real quick with the undercards. I mean, I saw a bunch of the the podcasts today were really breaking down these undercard fights. To me, there wasn't a whole lot of substance there. There was some good action, good fights. But how important were these fights for the divisions that these fighters participate in? Not very important. Really not that important. These were stay-busy kind of fights. Uh, All these fights, you know, if this entire uh, event was an HBO broadcast back in the day be like hbo boxing after dark that would have been equivalent to that right i don't even know if you put it at hbo championship boxing level it's like hbo boxing after dark it was kind of that level um but this of course was on pay-per-view for 75 dollars. all right so um a, a portion of the prelims were on regular tv i i i can't tell you if it was fox or fs1 to be honest guys i just didn't watch i don't know but in the main event there of the prelims Lucas Santamaria scores a unanimous decision win over Abel Ramos. Then we jump over to the pay-per-view. The fights of note. Luis Neri gets a split decision win over Carlos Castro. Gives him his first pro loss in a 10-round junior featherweight fight. Castro was dropped in the first round, and that affected the fight. The scores were very, very close for this fight. Had Castro not been dropped and one, maybe one of those swing rounds or something in the middle of the fight, he wins. This was very, very close. All right. Um, and then Leo Santa Cruz, unanimous decision win over Keenan Carba Hall, uh, Phoenix native, who had a really weak resume coming in. This was a total showcase for Santa Cruz, who this was originally supposed to be featherweight. But I guess Leo decided he didn't want to make 126 yet. He didn't want to work that hard. So these guys came in at a catchweight. I think they were like 128. He says his next fight will be at 126. We'll see. Anyway, um, maybe he's somehow, I, I, I got to mention this, with that WBA belt at 126, I think it's been like three years since he's defended that. And technically this fight wasn't a defense either because this was at a catchweight. Somehow the WBA is still rocking with him at 126. Go figure. He said that he might fight Magsayo next. I know that's what the PBC would like to do. So perhaps you get that fight. And look, if that fight happens, Leo Santa Cruz versus Mark Bagsayo, that would be a, a good fight. I would I would welcome that fight. Regular Showtime or Fox, sign me up. And then the main event, Keith Thurman with a unanimous decision win over Mario Barrios. And uh, look, I kind of bought into just a little bit. Now, you guys remember, my official prediction was Keith Thurman by decision. That's what I said. All right, it's on the record. Go back and look. But I was starting to buy in a little bit to the talk about Barrios. And a lot of you guys that called in last week and picked Barrios, you better own it. Own it this week. Because when this fight was first signed, my first thought was, Jesus Christ, this is a showcase for Thurman. And they're throwing Barrios a bone here because he took one for the team against Tank Davis last year. They're getting him another payday. But this is is a, a showcase for Thurman so they can feed him to Terrence Crawford and get Crawford to come on over to the PBC and they can justify that that fight will be on pay-per-view because they'll say, well, Thurman's last two fights were on pay-per-view, right? And so that's how they'll justify I mean, that that was boom, because it's easy to see what PBC's way of thinking when they announce a fight like this, right? But over the weeks and over the months, as we got closer to the fight, a lot of you guys said, man, Thurman's coming off two and a half years. He's had that hand problem. Barrios is uh, you know, a tough guy. He gave Tank some issues. Man, maybe Barrios can pull off the upset. And I almost bought into that hype. I still picked Thurman, but I was telling you guys last week, I wouldn't be shocked if Barrios wins. Looking back now, I actually would have been shocked. This is no disrespect to Mario Barrios, okay? No disrespect at all. But he's not a top 10 welterweight. He's barely a top 10 junior welterweight. That's just the truth. Okay, If we're being honest right now, that's just the truth because Keith Thurman isn't a top five welterweight right now, not in this current condition, not in this current form. So if we're being honest, Mario Barrios, not a top 10 guy at 47, borderline top 10 at 140. The promotion needs Barrios to look and appear better than he is to hype up gervonta tank davis because of what they're doing right there and now because of what they're going to try to do with thurman and crawford and everything i just explained to you guys so um and even if terrence crawford never signs with pbc which i think he will but let's just say it doesn't happen well you still got thurman now for the spence ugas winner so they're set up man they're set up for the rest of 2022 now at welterweight okay but I mention all this because I see a lot of tweets out there. Man, Thurman looked great. This was vintage Thurman. Look what he did to Barrios' face. Oh, my God. Guys, Barrios just came off a fight where a guy who started his career at featherweight and now basically fights as a lightweight, knocked him out, dropped him multiple times and knocked him out. I get that Thurman bruised his face up a little bit, Thurman is the naturally bigger, stronger guy. That's what he should do. But a lightweight slash featherweight just knocked Barrios out at a lighter weight. And Thurman couldn't do it at a heavier weight. So let's pump the brakes a little bit and just remember perspective matters, okay? And details and nuance matter here. Um, The scores, 118, 110, twice, 117, 111, those were good scores. Look at the punch stats. Keith landed 181 of 665, 27%. Barrios 105 of 492, 21%. So Barrios got some punches in there, but the guy couldn't punch through a wet paper bag at 140. You think suddenly he's going to be a monster at 147? He was brought there for a reason. Thurman threw and landed more punches in every round. If Barrios was trying to win this fight, legitimately trying to win, he had to know, The only way he was going to beat Thurman was with volume punching and outworking him. He knew that. His team, Virgil Hunter, who, by the way, is a completely overrated trainer. Can we just say it now? A lot of other trainers get called overrated time and time again. But this guy had one fighter, one, who would have been special with whoever he worked with. Um, So they had to know coming in, we're going to outwork this guy. We're going to wear him down. We're going to get him tired. We're going to go to the body. Right, And Barrios did a little bit of that, but he was outworked himself in every round. I looked at the CompuBox numbers, okay? Thurman threw more and landed more in all 12 of the 12 rounds. So when I see that, I just don't think Barrios had, maybe just didn't have have it in him. Maybe he was just trying to survive. But I look at this matchup, guys, and you know what fight it reminds me of? Some of you are going to get really mad at this. Prepare to be triggered, okay? It reminded me of Errol Spence versus Mikey Garcia. And I say that not only because of how the fight turned out, how the fight played out in terms of action, but I say that because of the what PBC is doing. And they're not the only promoter that has a certain business plan and all. I, I understand, okay? Just keep it real, this was a PBC fight, PBC car, PBC business. That's why I'm talking PBC, all right? but. They brought up a smaller, light punching Mexican who had just fought on a pay per view against one of their young guns, and they fed him to Thurman. And the thinking over there is if we can find a Mexican guy or a British guy to get our American guys in there against and whoop up on, we can get the British fans watching. We could get the Mexican fans watching. Those are the two most dedicated fan contingencies globally right now in the sport. If we could get them paying attention <clears throat> and that media paying attention, We can build these guys up a little bit, and it looks good. Those sorts of matchups looks good. There's certain um, fan bases that jump on that, want to see it, and that's just what this was. Mario Barrios did for Keith Thurman what Mikey Garcia did for Errol Spence Jr. There, I said it. That shouldn't be controversial, by the way. That's just boxing business, guys. Boxing business. That's all it is. All right, preview time. Preview time, and then we'll get to some calls. Okay, uh, this Friday, February eleventh, another very lackluster MTK Global card will be um, from London. Will be broadcast on ESPN Plus. If you want to check that out, a couple of interesting prospects. You got nothing going on Friday. You can check that out. But the big event this weekend, Saturday, February twelfth, Matchroom Boxing back on the zone. This is from the Alexandra Place at the Malswell Hill in London, and in the main event, Daniel Jacobs fighting John Ryder, 12 rounds, super middleweights. We last saw Jacobs with a narrow win over Gabe Rosado last November. And with Callum Smith, the last, I'm sorry, with John Ryder, the last time he was in the ring against a top-level opponent was Callum Smith. That was in November of 2019. He lost that fight, but it was controversial. A lot of people thought that Ryder not only beat Smith, but beat him decisively. A lot of people thought that that was like an eight rounds to four kind of fight. So you want to talk about robbery, John Ryder got absolutely hosed on that one because Smith ended up getting the Canelo sweepstakes. Boxing business had its way on that one. A lot of people thought that John Ryder should have beat Callum Smith, should have got that decision, and then he should have wound up getting the Canelo sweepstakes. You see how one loss like that can completely change a man's life. Callum Smith got that big seven-figure payday against Canelo and John Ryder has since fought twice over very limited opposition, once in 2020, once in 2021, won both those fights, but those were like one-star level opponents, right? Small change, small money. So that one loss, that one shitty, terrible robbery, shitty decision cost Ryder millions of dollars. Well, he gets another chance here going up against Daniel Jacobs. Winner of this fight figures to be in... Line for a title shot at some point this year, maybe early next year. So, interesting matchup where these two are at in their career. Was Ryder's good performance against Callum Smith, was that a fluke? Or is there something to him? Can he give Daniel Jacobs problems? Is Daniel Jacobs still the guy that gave Gennady Golovkin a really tough fight a few years back? If he's still on that level, he should win this fight pretty clearly, pretty decisively. Also on this card, Felix Cash a 14-0 prospect out of the UK going up against Magomed Madiev, a 15-0 prospect out of Russia. These are middleweights, 10 rounds. That is it, guys, for the preview. So now we could jump over to the phones. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything on the chat, of course. And then we'll get some phone calls. Nope. All right. So I'll I'll scroll through some of you guys' comments here while we talk on the phones. Let's do that right now. Let's get to I think this is our man Brian here on the phone. 336. Let's get him on. What's up, Brian? How you doing, man?
1: Yo, yo. What's the
2: word, bird? BLT. Really
1: great. How you feel? B-L-T. BLT. BLT. What's up, man? How you doing? Yo, yo, keep chatting that shit, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <All right>, yo. <laughs> Check this out. You you have how can I put this? your whole description of the Thurman thing was so on point because if you look at that fight now this is Mr. One Time could have been great Thurman mm-hmm. if you really look at this fight
3: yeah he schooled him because he's a hell of a lot more experienced fighter Versus a young boy full of cum. <laughs> or he was trying to yeah he to get in there and show off yeah I'm gonna knock him out
1: see that was his problem see maybe two years down the road Thurman got his ass knocked out hmm.
3: Hmm.
1: but that's all right because I just say well maybe Barris was get him but you know the old man's gonna win because he's smarter mm-hmm. he's smarter now the next fight whoever he fights if he's fighting one of the three. He loses and he retires. Period. End of story. Okay, let's get to uh oh, yo. Your banner is wrong because it says um, bank and Smith. The banner is going across the TV. It
0: oh, be Williams, right? Ah shit. It says Smith. Ah, uh, thanks for telling me, man. Gordon. I will correct that
1: All right, right man, now, no brother. Thank you. Yo. There we so, go, uh, just fix it. Williams got checked.
4: He yeah. got
0: checked. Well, what did I tell you last week? Because wow. you, were ta- you were talking about Eubank he's a week ago and saying, saying that, you know, that's wasted talent. But I told you <laughs> Eubank has improved, man.
1: Yo, yo, I've always been in Eubank's corner because I like it. I like, and I like the way that, oh, um, uh, shit, who's training now, my man? Um. Ah, the trainer now. What's his trainer? Eubank's trainer now.
2: Uh, oh crap!
1: What's his name? You know, know oh, Roy Jones. Oh yeah, 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 Roy Jones. Yeah. You see, you see Roy in him now. You see that shit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I'm yeah. I, he better, he better be a champion. That's what, because I'm in his corner. He better, he better be a champion, just like his father, because he's got it. He's got enough to be one. <laughs> Period. As far as Clarissa Shield, yo. She looked like she came in there and said, Oh fuck it, I gotta fight with this no no nobody, no name and I'm just gonna come in there and knock her out. <laughs> of course that didn't happen, he just got friends, and she got a decision. All right, cool. But I think she needs to get serious. If she's gonna fight this Savannah chick, whoever that is, she better come in correct so she can look correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't just come in bullshit. Yeah. You know, act like... That's going to be the toughest opponent.
0: That's going to be the toughest opponent. Either one of them has fought. So they both got to bring a yeah. 100% for that fight.
1: Yeah. Facts, facts, facts. And you know what? Anything else? I uh, wasn't really interested. Whatever. I, I even forgot. I watched Leo Santa Cruz fight and I forgot he fought. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he... That shit was bumping to me. Anyway. <laughs> and that... Leo was like, Yo, I was like, well, Cruz is fighting? Yo, I got to watch that. So, you know, I mean, I okay, hope, you know, well, we'll see next fight, right? Um, I think that's about all. Bro. Yeah, I, I I really don't have any other comments or anything else. Fantastic show as usual. Keep it up, man. Always will be watching. And one day, we're going to hang out in Atlanta for real because you like working out, bro. I like working out, too. Right. I worked out with insanity. You know what it is? You know what the insanity is? Yeah,
0: I've heard it's of it. A, I heard about it. Tea?
1: that's what I do. That's what I check it out. That's what I do. So when I when I come down to Atlanta, bro, be ready. Cardio all the way, son.
0: Cardio and then <laughs> ca- cardio followed by beer.
1: Ah, there you go. That's what's up. Better then. Yo. All right, B.L.T. You too, I man. Love Everybody. I'll talk to you again, maybe Friday, I
0: suppose.
1: All right, peace. All right, peace, man. Take-
0: there it goes, BLT. Hey, uh, Tip just brought me the mail. Look what I got. Oh, let me cover Make sure my address ain't out here. Go get some I dog shit sent to me in the mail. Boom, New Ring Magazine. Let me crack this open, guys. Let me you can hear the wrapper. Let me rip this open. Just in time for episode 300. And the reason why I want to crack this open, um, like I said, I got two, two articles in this issue, but the one that I really want to show you guys is the Rebirth of Kronk. I'm going to go through this real quick, all right? Um, I'm proud of all my articles, but this one had a special place in my heart because you guys know I'm from Detroit. It's my hometown. Boom! Check this out, man. Uh, it was it was so awesome talking to everybody um, involved. And now... Um, you know, John LePac, the business manager there at Crunk, is like, Man, you're a part of the team, Mike. You're, you're team crunk now. Oh, I'm like, what? So we got all kinds of stuff that's going to be coming up this year and beyond. And uh, and by the way, that includes Atlanta. Crunk might be coming down to Atlanta in the next couple of years, ladies and gentlemen. There might be a crunk Atlanta. What? Check this out. There's John right there. There's um John Lapack. He's the new business manager of Crunk. There he is, of course, with a child. One of my childhood idols, right there, Thomas the Hitman Hearns. Um, yeah, man, it was such an honor to talk to. Uh, well, there's there's Sylvia Stewart Williams. Oh God, I that's uh, Emmanuel's daughter with Jeff Stiers. Um, They're heading up the new Crunk. Anyway, guys, check that out. All right, new issue of the Ring Magazine. Boom, is the April issue is out, and. We have matchups, dream matchups for every division. It's very old school. We we pick like the best possible matchup in each division. I have four of the the divisions. So I uh, put my dream matchups and we don't just do like the dream matchup. We give you three co-feature bouts. So we give you like the best available pay-per-view, dream pay-per-view of each division. And I have four divisions. I have 154, I'm sorry, 147 through 168. So you guys could check that out. All right, back to the phone we go. We got a bunch of calls lined up, guys. So we got to make these quick today. All right, <clears throat> let's go to four four three. You're on the show. What's going on?
1: Yo, Montero, it's Rod. I called you from um, last time. I called you from my New York number.
0: Rod, what's up, three man? Four, seven, yeah, five. I remember you. It's been a hey, minute. What's
1: up, brother?
0: How you doing, man? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, good, man. So I was just calling in to weigh in. And- to weigh in on the Keith comeback, you know, um, let, let me get this out of the way, but it's no bias. But Keith is my favorite fighter. He's the one that got me back into boxing. Okay. So, um, Thur- in this era, Thurman to me is the most complete fighter. Um, he needs to he, he he his comeback was good. He looked at, you know, on his way, but he needs some more fights to to get on his belt to get the ball rolling and everything um but you know one thing is like people say that Keith's uh weakness is the body which is one of the, the the body punches that Keith took would knock 90% fighters on the ass hmm. you know what I mean I've been in that ring before I've I've took uh, a solar plex punch and I almost went to the bathroom yeah so I mean he you know, that, that, that is really, I mean, if y'all gonna look for we- if people are looking for weakness in Thurman, then, I mean, that weakness is in 90% of fighters going to the body. You know what I mean? Like, so, I think that Thurman, once he gets back rolling 100%, I mean, Thurman will be back on top, and I can't really see anybody beating me. He has more. I think Crawford would be a better fight for Thurman because he can keep up with with far with, as with speed-wise, and and you know his 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 technical speed and everything, but again, Crawford to me is not showing up battle tested at one forty seven. I mean, he beat Sean Porter, but I was never crazy about that. I mean, that's the best name at one forty seven Crawford has, but Sean Porter wasn't really that skilled of a fighter. I I, I knew he was going to beat him, you know, with no question. I wasn't surprised at, that at all. You know what I mean? So you know, I I just don't see how people you know. Think that that Keith is like you know, is he he's the most complete fighter I mean, people just nitpicking or, or whatever or just whatever you know. Like I had a friend, you know, we were bait, debating on boxing and how he just was saying blahs you know negative things about Keith and everything like that. So I'm just like, yo, you know what? We, we should deal with them and like you saying things like, and I'm constantly proving him wrong or whatnot. You know what I mean? And he just. Flat out came out and said, You know, the thing is, Keep kind of did it to himself, but he, Keith, branded himself as this knockout kid. And then when he's not getting a knockout, people are kind of disappointed. You know, everybody loves knockouts. You know what I mean? So the thing was, he, he just, he just was, Thurman was too, he, his thing was, he, Thurman was too much on his high horse about he was a knockout kid. So he was just disappointed. And then people get disappointed when, you know Keith doesn't get the knockout because that's how he brands himself. You know what I mean? But and I'm like, well, the man is just getting back. He's been two years off. You know what I mean? And you know, for two years off, I mean, for a sport like boxing, you might, you know, he was semi-retired. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he to get back. I mean, he, he looked really good. I, I saw. I saw the O.K. He looked better than, of course, the Lopez and the Pacquiao fight. And he looked at like he, he you know, all any injuries that he had were, were completely you know, that surgery that he really needed, you know, um is is it really helped him and um I hope he gets some more fights, you know. Um of course that Barrio fight with the tune up and he should take some more tune ups and then should be back rolling. So that was my call. My hang up and then, you know, continue listening to the show brother, what sort of thing. And um you know, either or number I'll be hitting you from. So, you know, if I get a new one, I'll I'll make sure to let you know. So, all right?
0: Thanks a lot, brother. appreciate it, man. Have a good one.
1: All right, brother. No problem. Take care. I'll say this
0: about Keith Thurman. I've always been a fan of his fights. I want to see him back in the ring this summer. I want to see him in the ring three times this year. And I understand that, The fight with him and Crawford is that's a pay per view fight. Okay. Or if he fights the Spence Ugas winner, pay per view fight. Do that in November, December, Fox pay per view. No complaint from me. But give me a fight in the summer on regular Fox. And that will go a long way to building that pay per view show later in the year. Imagine that this show was on regular Fox. I know I say that all the time. It's not like the fights were outstanding or anything like that. But if it was on regular Fox, I think it would have did a pretty good rating, man. There wasn't a whole lot going on in sports, man, this weekend. Because the Pro Bowl, nobody watches that shit. Now, this weekend, Super Bowl weekend, right? I mean, everyone watches the Super Bowl. But last weekend, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot going on. Sam A. with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, Sam. And he makes a great point. He says, how about people giving Manny Pacquiao some love for beating Keith Thurman Blow for blow, uh, three years ago, and it was three years ago with no layoff. Manny's win looks even better now. That's that's a really good point because people forget Keith was not coming off a layoff, he had fought Jose Cito Lopez earlier that year. This is what we're going back to 2019. So I want to say maybe, maybe Pacquiao had been out of the ring longer, I don't remember exactly, but it wasn't as if uh Thurman was coming off a long layoff or whatever, he had just fought Lopez. And got rounds in so he was a hundred percent going into that fight with pacquiao and um pacquiao beat him you know uh, dropped him beat him so that is a really really good win for manny and it just shows uh at any given night you know even well past his best he was still special just a special fighter man all right back to the phones we go And we're going to go to Ontario, Canada. 226, you're on the show. What's going on?
4: Hey, Mike, how are you, man? Hey, is this Chad? Chad, Chad, what's up, man? Hey, not much. Um, Yeah, listen, first of all, uh, happy 300, bro. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, congratulations on that. And um, I'll just be quick because I know you got a lot of calls. First thing I want to say is just uh, how, as a fan, that Rodriguez and Quadras fight just uh, like made me so happy. Mm. I mean, just everything about it, how the fight was made right down to how it was fought. It's just everything I want from boxing. It, it delivered on. And um, I felt like last week was kind of like, I don't know, boxing fans were kind of grouchy last week uh, with the whole Thurman fight and the, and the uh, pay-per-view and, I don't know. There was some other stuff. It just seemed like everyone was kind of like down on boxing a bit last week. And this fight just for me anyway, just like kind of lifted me up.
1: Yeah.
4: Anyway. Um, but other than that, I just wanted to point out about the uh, Raymond Ford and uh, Vasquez, Eddie Vasquez. Like I've been following Ford now since I'm going to say like probably the first time I saw him fight was late to, uh, 2019 And um, he just caught my eye. I I liked what I saw. He was fast, good hands. Um, Yeah, he had really nice movement. There was just kind of like something electric about him when I first saw him. And, you know, after watching him against Vasquez, man, people need to understand, if if anyone doesn't really know who Ford was before watching that fight, Vasquez really shut Ford down. You know, it wasn't just, I realized like it was a six, four type of uh result, but I really felt Vasquez, uh, the rounds that he won, he really won because he really took away Ford's ability to fight his fight. Um, I couldn't believe it. So having watched, I'm going to say the last four fights of Ford or something like that, I was really, really surprised. I was as surprised about that as I was about the actual cards when the flight was over. And there's one other thing I wanted to say. I think it was last year on the, the Estrada Chocolatito 2 card. Remember that, that had a really awesome card. And Ford fought on that card. And he fought, uh, I think the kid's name was like, Perez, or something like that. I had no idea who he was. Okay. It looked like he was just going to be another person for Ford to dance around. And this kid ended up coming in and really showed him up a lot like Vasquez did. And that fight ended up being a draw. I think it was a split decision draw.
0: Aaron Perez. And
4: Aaron Perez. Yeah. Okay. And that kid ended up, he was tough. Okay. And he showed up and. Basically, there was nothing that Ford could do to hit this kid. He couldn't stop. He wasn't going to stop him, so he had to try and box him. But this kid, I feel like Vasquez's team watched the Ford, uh, the Perez video because I, th- I saw similarities in both. Like uh, they would, you know, follow through behind a right get a nice heavy right step through it, and then go inside. Yeah. And basically, from there, Ford just has no game. He has no way to cover his retreat when he's going back. So in this fight with Vasquez, um, I thought rounds two to five, roughly, Ford had no answer for Vasquez, and it got to the point where he would just be covering up or just retreating around the ring. He got caught against the ropes a few times. And so with all that, Mike, when the fight was over and he got gifted the win and the fans were booing and Ford was on the ropes like basically telling the fans off and he had some interactions on instagram i didn't really care for and i, I don't want to say like i i'm leaving the guy as a fan but i was really disappointed with ford all around uh after the, a saturday and uh that's kind of all i wanted to put in there man i'm gonna let you go take some other calls all right
0: chad thanks a lot man
4: yeah okay talk soon man. Bye.
0: All right. Good stuff, brother. Yeah, man, I, I was um, I was at that fight, man. Um, the fight between Ford and Aaron Perez, because uh, that was American Airlines Center, Dallas, Texas. It feels like that was ages ago. Guys, that was last March. That wasn't even a year ago. <laughs> um, that was you know, the Chocolatito Strada rematch. Um, and me and my wife were lucky enough to be there. Uh, <clears throat> I think that is the last big fight we have traveled for because after that I really got hard into my training for my fight and everything Then I got injured and had to push through that. Um, so I, I just stopped traveling for fights. And then, um, you know, I had some stuff lined up this year, but the promoter I was working with is currently in jail. That's all I can say. So I don't know if they'll be promoting shows anytime soon. So I don't know if I'm going to get back in the ring again or not. I really don't know what's up with that. But anyway, Yeah, that was the last show that uh, big show that we've, you know, I've been ringside for a bunch of, you know, fights around here, like club shows and stuff. I should mention there was a couple of big fights here in Atlanta last year that I was ringside for because that was right here in town. But the last one I had gotten a plane for was that one. And, yeah, a lot of people in the arena that night thought that Perez won. A lot of people did. So, um, you know, look, Ford has had two close calls. Um, so definitely he's being, I'm not going to use the word protected, but they're definitely looking out for this kid. I'll just say that. All right, back to the phones. Here we go. And I believe this is Thad. Thad, what's up, man? How you doing?
5: Hey, Mike. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, Ray Ford lost. I actually had him on a couple parlays, uh, you know, as a pick em as a decision winner knew he, he doesn't have any power, but I uh, got bailed out there. He lost that fight. Um, and that brings me to the point where uh, how you said judges change lives in boxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to see if you could ch- maybe um, find Dave Tiberi. He, he runs a boxing gym in Tamakwa, PA, I, I believe. And he was robbed by James Tony in the fight in Atlantic City. It was on national TV. It was on CBS or something. Yep. And he never fought again after that. He went the Hagler route. And it changes lives. Now, he didn't even get a rematch, so he just quit. He'd be great to have on the show, you Hmm. know, to have as an interview. And and it puts in perspective how lives change significantly, for the better or or worse. You don't really know. I think his situation is pretty good. But judges are robbing people, not only in the ring, but out of the ring. And there has to be some kind of legislation, you know, to monitor judges and their performances like the NFL does, and, and grade them. And if they, if they don't grade properly, they, they just don't get fights. Because what's happening is that the promoters, they're putting them up on per diem. They're, they're you know pay for their hotel rooms. The judges know that they're going to get work with the promotion company again
1: if possibly
5: they score fights for their A-side fighters. I mean, that's, it's an unwritten rule, and that has to change. It has to change in so many ways. So I'm just hoping maybe you could track down Dave Playberry, have him as an interview. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll do so that. So the fans could
0: kind I kinda, think that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd yeah. Be a even lot of fun. for the magazine. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah.
5: And uh, as far as the Thurman fight, again, Arias was just the guy. You see the type of competition they're putting Tank Davis in with. And the next guy that, that's going to fight uh, that just fought Davis, I forget his name. They're They're hyping him up too don't put your money on him. Let's just put it that way. Unless they put him in with a soft touch. But there was so much hype around Barrios that I, I even sent you like a DM. Foxbet does um, promotions and, and they have these like free contests and they did it this weekend for that fight. And, and millions and millions of people were chiming in because you could win money. They all thought Barrios was going to win. They all thought he was going to land more punches. They all thought he was going to knock him out. And I sent you that before the fight. And I said, this tells you exactly why Vegas is putting the line where it is because there's so much hype around barriers and how PBC promotes tank Davis Mm
0: -hmm.
5: that that's why they have to have those, those lines so close because the the public they're stupid. They just don't understand what, what it is and uh, in boxing and Thurman. Yeah. He had an easy time, but Thurman against any type of B or A list fighter gets blown out. Um, I think if Spence has anything left, he knocks him out. Yugos, he might stop him. Crawford will definitely stop him. I think a good watershed fight for Thurman would be uh, Mean Machine Covilowskis next.
0: Hmm.
5: So they can make that fight. I know he's not PBC.
0: That's a good But fight. That'll
5: let you know where Thurman is. That'll let you know where Thurman is right now. So that's what I like to see. And uh, uh, the, another thing that was really entertaining, though, uh, this weekend was the Clarissa Shields debacle, where of course, she <laughs> goes the distance, like we all knew, and I gotta say, Savannah Marshall, she is hilarious. I'm a fan of this girl, okay? She's got power, and that's like one rare thing in women's boxing you don't see and women they don't they're not built to have upper body strength; they're built to have lower body strength, and she's one of the only girls I've seen that actually uses her legs to generate power. Mm. so if Shield thinks she's going to come in and, and box the style she's going to box I, I think. She's In for the rude awakening because, uh, if Marshall comes in just to, to knock her out, take two or three to land one of hers, she's going to win the fight. If she comes to you know, solely just come for the knockout, I think she can deter Shield because she's in her head already. If you saw that interview, I mean, she saw part of it, like basically said three or four words, okay? Yeah, she said three or four words. She called her pillow fist. Yeah, yeah. she was. Mocking her during the fight by sleeping, which I thought was hilarious. She's got a great personality. Maybe she really was sleeping. Cause I mean, I fast forwarded through the fight to get to the end, like on the street, uh, like a day later, but, um, her inciting shields really will, will get into shield's head. And I don't, I don't think shields will be able to contend with that being in her own head. And, uh, that, that's a fight to really look at as a a pick 'em
1: hmm.
5: right now. And uh, Marshall just got got her. She said, "I'm going to stop you." Looked her right in the eye. Said, "I'm going to stop you." Pillow fist. Shield freaked out. She was shrieking like a banshee. I mean, she went off like she like one of her rants, um, like she did at that amateur show in Detroit, I believe, not long ago. It got I scrubbed from video. the internet, yeah. but yeah,
0: those she, those parents were like taunting on a her talking trash and she kind of lost it went off on him and yeah, can't do that. Yeah. Can't so she
5: that's her weakness. Uh getting her head and I think she is. And uh we'll see if this fight even goes down because uh I don't know. I think Shields might might pull out, but we'll, we'll see. If she doesn't then it's a pick 'em fight. And then this weekend, as far as pick 'em fights, Ryder's a slight underdog. He was robbed in his last fight. Well, two fights ago against Smith and then Jacobs got lucky by baiting uh, Rosado. I thought Rosado should have gotten that nod. And you're looking at an upset here. I think Jacobs is, is um, I, I think he's not shot, but, but he's definitely on a back nine. And as you saw with Devarianchenko, uh, Jacobs was in a war with, with uh, Golovkin and Dervianchenko. And Dervianchenko was in a war with Golovkin. Now you're starting to see the residual effects of what it's like to fight Gennady Golovkin. And this is where Jacobs' train ends. Uh, I predict Hmm. that Ryder is either going to score a late stoppage or decision win. The only way I think he's going to get a decision and not robbed is because Jacobs got a benefit of the doubt last time out against Rosado, and Ryder was uh, flat-out robbed against Callum Smith. So just like Thurman was was free money this weekend, I'm not saying it's free, but this is a real – real good upset opportunity right now so um be, be on your best behavior if you want to you know take advantage of the situation but I, I just see danny right now he's not the same fighter how can you be yeah. i mean after those two wars it changes a fighter it changes him mentally it changes it physically and he made his money you know he's got nothing to worry about anymore Big
0: payday against canada um, lighter- payday
5: <laughs> big big payday. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, he he settled in now. So Ryder's going to take this fight, and it'll be interesting to see who Ryder fights next at one sixty eight. Um, I, I hope like one of the PB PBC guys step up, maybe Benavidez, maybe Plant, uh, maybe Andrade. Um, but I think Andrade might lose against Parker. And you saw the levels this weekend with uh, Eubank Junior. And, and Liam Williams. He was pretty much toying with him. Mm -hmm. Liam Williams doesn't really have a good chin. He has a lot of heart. You know, he doesn't take a punch well. But it was pretty much easy pickings for him. And Andrade went life and death with that Liam Williams. Mm -hmm. So it kind of puts in perspective where they are at. Don't don't buy an Andrade. So um, with that, I'll leave you. And hopefully maybe you can get an interview with uh, Dave Tiberi. And hell, if that falls through, why don't you track down Savannah Marshall? She seems like a, a personable girl. I think she'll have a lot of funny things to say about Clarissa Shields. I mean, she already beat her once. Maybe you could add some fuel to fire and, you know, get that, get that party started because uh, you got to love when two women are going at
1: each other like that.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. All right, Dad. All right, well, have a good one. Thanks a lot, Thank man.
0: You. Have a good one, brother. Uh, we got a super chat from Chris Bergen. Thank you so much, Chris. Says, uh, congrats on 300. I've loved the show since the start. I appreciate that, my man. Thank you very, very much. Can't believe it's 300. You know, I, I just looked this up while Thad was talking. Uh, Dave Tiberi against James Tony. That fight, by the way, was February 8th, 92. So tomorrow will be 30 years since that fight. So I'll definitely get a tweet about that and talk about it. But uh, Tiberi Land, according to CompuBox, landed 439 of 905 punches. Tony in that fight landed 290 of 919. So what I find interesting about that is Tony threw uh let's see 14 more punches, but Tiberi landed 149 more and lost the fight. And so there's a, a list that CompuBox put together of the biggest upsets or the, I'm sorry, the biggest robberies in CompuBox history regarding like, uh, which punchers who, whatever puncher had the edge in punches landed lost. So the biggest robbery that they show is, uh, Troy Dorsey losing to Jorge Paez. He landed 280 more punches. Number two is the draw between Lennox Lewis and Evander Holyfield, where Lewis landed 218 more punches. So those were egregious decisions, right? But number three, Tiberi, Tony, where Tiberi landed 149 more. Um, and then there's a few on here that, I mean, man, I know all these fights. Tony's on this list twice because Mike McCallum landed 100 more punches against Tony and still did not get the decision. So um, oh, um, the, the Whitaker-Chavez fight, oh, Whitaker absolutely won that fight. He landed 91 more punches. Uh, Oscar de la Hoya. The loss to Trinidad, he landed 97 more. One of the losses to Mosley, the the one he lost, he landed 94, and he lost both of those. So interesting, man. All these fights, I might tweet this list out because this is very interesting. All right, all right. Enough of that. Back to the phones we go. Looks like we got Nacho here. We'll get Nacho on to do his thing. What's up, Nacho?
2: Hey, Mike. What's going on? Uh, Nothing much. Uh, Congrats on the 300. Uh, I didn't know Thank you've you. been around that long, um, but, yeah, I mean, the, that's great. Hopefully it'll be another, you know, like you said, four, five, six hundred. It'll just keep going. Hell yeah. So, Hell yeah. Um, yeah, just just real quick on the on the cards this weekend. Um, Eubank Williams, uh, I'm a little disappointed on in Eubank's performance because once he dropped him the first three times, Mike, I thought he should have stepped on the gas and taken Williams out and the fact that he just kind of cruised to a decision and not really, you know, go out there to try to take him out was really disappointing and then when they interviewed him after the fight um he literally said, "Oh, well, I didn't want to stop him. I could have if I wanted to, but I wanted to teach the guy a lesson for what he said about me uh during the uh pre, you know, the the pre-fight uh, conf- uh conferences and everything." And I'm I'm just thinking to myself, eh, "I don't know, if you really wanted to stop him, I think you could have. I think you just ran out of gas or you just felt like you were more comfortable in winning a, a wide decision. But um but the cards on, on that one were pretty uh interesting as far as like the the uh ringside guys, like Matthew Macklin, who works for Sky Sports, he actually scored that fight one fourteen, one ten, Mike. I couldn't I believe that. it. Yeah. I was like, there's no way that fight was that close. There is no way. Like, you could – the only way it could be that close is if you give every benefit of a doubt to uh, Williams, and I don't think you could. At most, I think you could have scored that fight um, 116 eight for uh, Eubank. There's no way that Williams got any closer than that. Mm-hmm. There's no way it was a four-point win. But, yeah, that, that just was crazy. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Eubank fight somebody, you know – with a with a name next, but who knows? His career has been so mismanaged as far as, like, the guys they've had him face uh, over the last few years that who knows who he fights next. But um, uh, Saunders is out here, uh, Billy Joe's out here calling him out, said he wouldn't mind giving him the rematch, which I thought was kind of hilarious because I don't know, after that busted, I, I, I seriously doubt he, he's going to be coming back. Uh, to face somebody like Eubank right away. Um, and then the other one uh, with uh, Quadras and uh, and, and uh, Rodriguez. Uh, Bam, I give him credit. He went out there. But it was like I said, Mike, I think they knew that Quadras was a little faded, a little shop worn, yeah. and they caught him at the perfect time. And Bam went out there and he did his thing. And congratulations to him. You know, he's a, a champion now. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him pick on The guy's at 112 before he steps up to 115 because I'm not sure if he's necessarily ready for the top guys at 115 just yet. Um, I think I'd like to see him go back down to 112 and take on some of the title lists there and kind of get a little bit more seasoning under him before they move him up to 15 for sure. But the kid is talented and the kid's got a, a bright future ahead of him as long as he stays in the gym and doesn't let, you know, outside of the ring stuff distract him. But, you know, it was a, a very good performance by him. Um, just to touch real quick on the fight that uh, Chad talked about, the four Vazquez, man, I can't believe that those judges legitimately saw Ford win that fight uh, seven rounds and eight rounds yeah. on the two cards uh, that they gave him. That's insane. At most, that fight should have legitimately been 6-4 for Vasquez, I thought. Yep. There was no way that Ford won seven and eight rounds. Those two judges, well, it was criminal what they did to the kid. And it's unfortunate because um, I seriously doubt he's going to get another shot at Ford. I mean, Eddie Hearn has done rematches before, but I don't know. I'm going to wait and see if he decides to give that guy a rematch against Ford because I think the kid legitimately deserves it, but we're I'm not sure if uh, Team Ford will legitimately, you know, run that back right away. They might, you know, decide to wait or maybe just move on altogether after the the hoopla dies down. And then with the PBC card, um, the Neri and, um, and Ramos, uh, Jesus Ramos, they both look good in their fights. They, those two fights were probably the the most entertaining fights out of the the four on the pay per view. Yeah. Um the uh the Santa Cruz Carbajal I, I told you Mike, I just had a feeling that Carbajal was just a guy and I thought if Santa Cruz had anything left, he was gonna win and he did. He won that easily. Um the one thing I did find out about him was there was a report saying that Santa Cruz would like to take on the winner of uh Lee Wood and Michael Conlin next month in order to, you know, unify that belt of his to make sure he holds on to it. And I thought, okay, I don't mind that fight at all. If we're not going to get anybody else, I wouldn't mind seeing him pick on the winner of that in order to see how how good either one of those guys would or Conlin is against Santa Cruz. I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. And then just with the uh, main event, you know, I give Thurman credit. He went out there after that long layoff. And he did his thing. He beat Barrios pretty soundly. There's not much that can be said as far as positives on Barrios' part. He was just there and just got beat up. And, um, you know, maybe the kid eventually grows into the weight class and uh, down the road he gets better. But, yeah, Thurman just took him apart the other night, and he won that easily. But I'm with a lot of the callers and, and other people who have said, I don't believe Thurman is a legitimate threat to, like, the top five guys in the division. I think Crawford beats him. I think Boots and even Virgil beat him. And even Spence, if Spence has legitimately anything left, even I think he could still beat him. I definitely would like to see Thurman fight another guy in the top ten just to really prove that he's back. But I doubt it. If anything, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw somebody like Abel Ramos. Or maybe even uh, maybe even uh, Josecito Lopez in a rematch. You never know, Mike, because it is PBC, and they mm-hmm. like to you know mix and match certain dudes. So I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys is next for Thurman in order uh, to keep him busy before he finally does cash out against you know one of the guys with a belt. And uh, Ryder Jacobs, I- I'm with everybody. I think Ryder has more left in the tank than Danny. Danny's been a, a really good pro his whole career, but I just think he's kind of on that side of 33 where he's going to start to go downhill pretty soon. And I think uh, the the Rosado fight was an indicator that he's going to start to slide. And I think it just continues because I think Ryder's the, the younger, hungrier, fresher guy. And, and I just think he's going to go out there and he's going to put on a really good performance and, uh, uh, you know, pull off the upset against uh danny all
0: right mike uh that's it all right nacho great stuff as always man appreciate it right, brother.
2: Thanks. yeah
1: yeah
0: let's so see got a couple things here in the chat real quick before we get back to the phones guys um josepe la roca he says uh mike breaking news is that Zang approves or accepts the offer to fight philip hergovich i was going to talk about this but i Josephine, did you see today? Is it official? Because I knew they were talking and they were like thinking about accepting it, but I hadn't seen where they had finally signed to do it. But I I did tweet about it before the show that uh, if he does accept it, Zhang versus Hergovich, all things considered, that's a pretty good heavyweight fight where both guys are at in their career. They're both like six foot six. I want to say Zhang is uh, southpaw and Hergovich is is orthodox. So um, And I get it. Zong's limited, you know, and, and a lot of people thought that he lost against Jerry Forrest. Like, I get that. He did drop him a couple times. But <clears throat> where these guys are at in their career, I kind of want to see, because I basically view these two guys as prospects, maybe like junior contenders. You got to win this kind of fight to earn that fight against the top 10 guys. So uh, the winner of this fight will be the IBF Mandatory. Which you know, I, I like the fight, all things considered, yeah, would I rather see Hergovich fight a guy like like Gassiev, Murat Gassiev or something like that yeah, but all things considered is a pretty good fight, so if that happens, cool. I like it. Also, Giuseppe said, uh, everybody please sub to Mike's channel, let's push him over 10K. Yeah, guys, if you haven't subbed to my YouTube channel, Montero on boxing, please go over there and do that. I don't post a ton of stuff um. I promise when I'm done training and I, I'm still 50, 50, if if I'm going to fight again or not, but when I make that decision for good and I'm done all the time, I dedicate to training. I'll use that to post more videos on my personal page. Also, one of these days when I start having kids with my wife, I'm going to be home a lot more babysitting. Uh, so I'll probably be posting more videos on my channel. Might have a baby, like literally holding a baby and feeding the baby while I talk. But, um, you know, when those sorts of things happen, <clears throat> I'll be doing more stuff on my channel. But, man, I have been at like 9.8 thousand for like two years. YouTube is trying so hard to keep me under 10 because once you hit 10, the algorithm changes. And they try to keep all independent operators under 10,000 if they can. I I just find it hard to believe that I haven't had 200 new subscribers over the last two years or whatever. It's literally been stuck at like nine point eight thousand. It might actually be three years. Pretty much the whole time I've been in Atlanta, it's been like 9.8,000. If I could get a couple of you guys to get over there and sub, get me over 10,000. I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, Chad says that Matchroom posted a video of a backstage beef between the Ford and Vasquez camps. Now that I got to see that. I got to see, because that would be interesting. He also says Keith Thurman versus Butayev, Very possible. That would be interesting. That would definitely be interesting. Okay, <clears throat> back to the phones we go. Hey, guys, let's keep – we're running up on time here, so let's keep these uh, – let's keep these quick. Let's just plow through it, all I right? right, we'll jump back to um, 818. You're on the show. What's up?
1: Hey, Mike. Um, congratulations on the 300th episode, really. I've been a loyal – Listener since two, uh, 2020. So I appreciate you know working tirelessly Thank to keep you. all the fans engaged. um I wanted to start off by um I don't know if you've heard the news of Robert Easter Jr. And you know, he was apparently or supposedly was shot. So I, I, we, yes. my thoughts and prayers and his family. I hope he's doing okay. I read somewhere that he is stable and that he's okay. So that's first of all, I just wanted to uh, mention that. Um, uh, going to some side news. I one thing I just wanted to mention, and I'll let you go. Is looking at the press tour and the media attention uh, that Toronto and Taylor is getting. I I have to really give. I I honestly have to give credit to Jake Paul as well as Eddie Hearn. Uh, yeah. Regardless of where you stand as a uh, promoter and boxer, he's really uh, brought the most attention to this female fight. I mean, in a long time, possibly ever. Um, I have to say, um, that for our people who don't like Paul, the outsiders, um, you got to give him the credit where it really is deserved. And, um, I think as fight fans, we need to take a look, um, at what he's doing. Uh, Paul, you know, he's brought the biggest attention to a fight that, you know, has been long talked about for a couple of years and finally it's happening. Um, I just wanted to mention, you know, besides. Eddie Hearn to a lesser degree who as an outsider is doing this much for women's boxing at this moment. And I don't think there could be an answer to that. Uh, I wanted your opinion on that. Um, you know, thank you. And uh, after this call, actually I'm going to, I'm going to purchase something from your website. I want to get a shirt, something that I want to uh, rep rep the gear. So thank you. Appreciate that
0: brother. Yeah. You know, I think you're spot on, man. I, I, you know, I, I've admitted that when Jake Paul got involved, I was, I was definitely a hater and I was like, what the hell is this crap? You know? And now him putting this fight together and doing some other things, some innovative, like promotional things, I have to give the guy credit. And as a fighter, I've seen him improve. I've seen him be in the gym. Um, He really trains like a real fighter. He takes it seriously. He's shown some explosiveness in the way he punches. Now he's yet to fight a boxer. I can't give him too much credit, but in terms of the business and attention he's bringing to the sport, especially women's boxing, he's done more for Amanda Serrano in a year than the entire sport has done for her in, you know, a decade plus. So I have to give the guy tremendous credit. And also, if you're a fan of female boxing, Eddie Hearn is basically, he's been doing it himself for the last five years. None of the other promoters are as dedicated as Eddie. He's basically built the brand of women's boxing. He deserves tremendous credit. And I think he's a real trailblazer. And with um, the innovations that Jake Paul has brought in, um, I have to applaud them both.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mike. And um, that was my only question because I know you got a lot of other colors. So uh, I appreciate everything and uh, congratulations again on the 300.
0: Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, great points. Great points. I think, again, it's easy to hate on Jake Paul and troll. And st- and, yeah, we've all had a little fun. And he is fighting like 50 year old MMA guys who, you know, of Still it's it's impressive. I mean he I think he had one amateur fight. In most commissions you got to have like at least 5 amateur fights to go pro. So he kind of skipped in line, you know, um he kind of did some things that were skipping in line, you know. Ah shit, I'd like to do a pro fight after only one amateur fight. But um he was able to do that. Okay. And yeah, I get it. He's getting some preferential treatment, but he has tens of millions of followers. When you have that kind of you know, following, you can get preferential treatment, but he's really earned his stripes and getting this, helping get this deal done um, with Eddie Hearn to get uh, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano together. That's a big accomplishment, man. That To me, that's a bigger accomplishment than anything he's done in the ring. And, you know, I I like that matchup. I'm going to watch. I, I am going to watch that matchup. You can say whatever you want to say about me. I like that fight a lot. I'm going to be watching it. Okay. Let's go back to the phones. Keith, you are on the show. What's up, my man?
1: What's up, Mike? How are you?
0: Good, brother. How are you?
1: I'm good, good. Uh, back on the West Coast, on the for close to a month. So enjoying the uh, beautiful weather in Orange County right now.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Uh, so, real quick, I know limited time. Just want to say congratulations to episode 300. Uh, love the show, uh, love everything you do and uh definitely want to help you get over that 10k uh 10k subscriber question as well too because i think it's important that you you know contact like yourself is showcased more um to the boxing machine because of how objective you are and basically you know it just, it's just very very real so i uh, definitely you. want to help you with that no problem uh so i didn't get to see a whole lot of boxing past week and i saw highlights of the Thurman fight i i think that Thurman has primarily been a a fighter who's relied more on his athletic skill set and gradually has improved his boxing skill set simultaneously, but he still relies more on his feet and his speed and his power um, as opposed to just, you know, out-boxing someone. Uh, I don't think he's obviously ready to fight someone in the top five or, like, he'd he'd probably lose, he'd he'd definitely lose to get stopped probably by a body shot by Crawford and Spence as well, too. He'd probably beat him. But, I, I think Furthemann is good for the sport in the sense he's always got something interesting, interesting to say, and he does make exciting fights. Yes. Um, and the other, the other point I wanted to make, and you might have brought this up on the show, but over in the past when I looked on the sanctioning bodies' website, their rankings, um, and this is probably done by design, and I might have missed it, I don't know, but it seems like a lot of times you'll have either the top top guy in in, in the division um, or the champion or the number one contender not be not be listed in like the, for example, WPC will list, will list them as number one or two or the champion and he's nowhere to be found in the IBF or WBO. Yeah. Is that, is that normal? Or is that just, is that by design by the sanctioning bodies?
0: Yeah. Some of them actually will mention the other champions. I, I can't remember who does that in their site, but there's mm-hmm. one, I don't know if it's the BC or the BA, but on their ratings, they will list the other champions. But, man, for a while, uh, there were certain sanctioning bodies that wouldn't even allow unification matches. When the WBO came on board, I can't remember if it was the IBF or who it was, but they would not allow their fighters to do unifications with the WBO. They refused to even recognize them. So the sanctioning bodies do kind of beef like that sometimes, but um, they have gotten better. They've gotten better. And there's this thing called the association of boxing commissions, the ABC, which is supposed to get them all on the same page, but that organization is not very strong and it it pretty much has failed in what it tried to do. But yeah, man, a lot of times the the sanctioning groups will not recognize the other champions in their ratings, which I think is really stupid.
1: Yeah, I I think that's stupid. And, I wanna say by design as well to because to just further for that you have, you know, for example, the issues we have with the heavyweight division is you have you have Wilder, you know, Wilder was supposed to fight Fury and Fury's gonna unify with Joshua and it just money the water even more. And um I did actually I reached out to the ABC. I had a conversation with Mike and Julie a few weeks ago before before I, I left like to Jersey and just kinda of getting to know yeah, just trying to get the getting to know what they do and everything. I talked to him a little about uh, judging and he basically I mean, what they say is essentially, you know, the judges do everything by the books and there's not a lot of, you know, weird decisions and things like that, which I get, but from a fan perspective and another perspective, it just seems like the complete opposite. Um, Yeah, and I and I was, just, you know, wondering too, if, you know, people would be like the idea of creating some kind of voting system on judges or a platform to where judges are ranked on based on what they do. And, it, and that way it will kind of, Influence depends on whether or not to buy a fight at such and such as
0: touching a fight. I think that's a great idea because with social uh, but, media right now, um, by the way, um, Keith, I, I pulled up the WBA ratings. I am just pulled up their heavyweight ratings. They do list WBC, Tyson Fury. They have them on there. And then I have the WBC yep. ratings up and they do make a note that Alexander Usyk has the WBO and IBF, but they do not mention that he has the WBA. It's, it's odd. I don't know. But okay. um, yeah, I, I think something like that would be doable. I think that you could electronically, you know, if somebody, there's an opportunity for somebody out there, all you young guys, especially if you're getting into web development and stuff like that. If one of you out there built a website that had, you know, all the algorithms built in and stuff where fans could vote or, or rate judges and they had, uh, you know, there was a rating, let's say one to 10 and it was, you know, make it scientific, base it on actual performance. If you found a way to do that and you got one network, let's say DAZN picked it up and showed the judges ratings, you know, for each fight going in, uh, you know, you think of something like CompuBox, uh, you know, they, I think that's like 40 years old. They, they had to work to get the networks and everything to recognize CompuBox. Now it's kind of synonymous with boxing. Yeah. Maybe somebody could do that with judging. I yeah, think that would yeah, be right. welcome, man.
1: Absolutely. Mm. Okay, cool. All right, Michael, I appreciate the time. Uh, congratulations again, and I'll uh, tune on for the rest of the show.
0: Thanks a lot, Keith. Appreciate it, man.
1: No problem. Enjoy the All
0: right, Chris Berger in the chat says, Mike, you got any plans for an Ask Me Anything video? Hey, if you guys want to see another one of those, hell yeah. Those are fun. Did you guys like the last one I did with my wife? We were at a brewery just chilling upstairs, like when it first opened. So nobody was there and we were just upstairs sitting down and we, I think we drank one beer, (laughs) we drank one beer. We were being good. And uh, just talked how, I don't even know if we drank a beer now that I'm looking back, we might've just chilled up there. Super chat pledge from Sam. Appreciate that, Sam. He says, uh, they were talking about doing three minute rounds this year. That will get some KOs for sure. And I know you're talking about women's boxing, uh, KOs draw interest and it must happen. I agree. Listen, it, there, there's this so-called pink concussion, which I think is kind of sexist to call it that. Why do we call it a pink concussion when women get it? Drop that shit. Stop treating women. If we're all about equality and stuff, stop, just call it a fucking concussion. Okay. Stop with the pink concussion thing. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, Google that, but there is, um, <clears throat> Some evidence th- to suggest that women get concussed easier than men. Uh, th- their bones are smaller, the-, the skull is built differently, and um, they can get concussed easier than men. So as that relates to combat sports, it makes it more dangerous. So the science says, quote unquote. And this is not um this is not universally accepted science. It's kind of 50-50, okay? But there are some people in the scientific community that say women get concussions easier than men because bone structure is different, right? Men could absorb more punishment at the same time that using that same science, men have way more upper body strength. We, we produce a lot more torque and power in our punches so we can create more concussive blows than women can. So if a woman is fighting a woman of the same size, I haven't seen irrefutable scientific data that says they get concussed more. That that data just simply does not exist. In fact, there is more data to the opposite, that two men of the same size will concuss each other more often. That's actually where the data is. So the whole two-minute rounds and 10-minute, or I'm sorry, 10-round championship fights thing for women is based on pseudoscience, in my opinion. It's not universally accepted data. Um, It's almost flat earthish in one sense. If if you want to really know my opinion, I've talked to several experts in that field and I've read several studies on this stuff. Women's fights should be three fucking minutes. That's it. End of discussion. And I'm totally with you, Sam. I think if if the women want equal pay and all this, well, first of all, you got to draw equally. And the way you do that is you have fights like Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. But also I agree with you. You go to three minute rounds, even if the, even if the fight's only 10 rounds, I don't really give a shit about that, but it should be three minute rounds. You would see more stoppages and it would make it more entertaining. This is the hurt business. Can't take the heat. Get out the kitchen. All right. All right. Back to the phones. Uh, Let's make these super duper quick guys. All right. We're going to go to seven, four, seven. I think this is Edwin. You're on the show. What's going on? what's up dude what's up
1: hello yeah hey i've been a listener for like a year and a half i just never called in first time big fan of your show
0: thank you thank you very much brother
1: i didn't catch much boxing this week i was busy and i didn't want to really pay 75 bucks for the (laughs) sermon but i just saw some highlights because i really wanted to see it but to spend 80 bucks no it wasn't worth it but he looked decent at best, but I still don't see him, you know, beating Bud, Errol, even at his best back in 17, 2016 and 15. I would still favor Bud and Errol to beat him. Errol is still kind of a question mark because everything that's happened to him. I'm pretty sure Bud will stop him. Um, and then the rest of boxing, the Eubank fight, having catched it, I didn't see any um, highlights of the Santa Cruz fight. Uh, and that's pretty much about it. I don't want to take much of your time.
0: Well, hey, man, I, li- I appreciate you listening, brother. Are you subscribed to my YouTube channel, Montero Unboxing?
1: Yeah, dude, I always listen to your show on Monday. Just, uh, I'm a busy guy. I always listen to your show, but not live. Okay. Because it's already out there on YouTube. Why well, I do a show schedule, like, Friday, too. Afternoon.
0: I try to do a show on Fridays on my personal channel, so check that out if you can too, man. I'd appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I always see your shows on Mondays, and for your sometimes when you do that Friday show oh, okay. and okay. any other videos you post on your on on the ring digital on your on your personal YouTube account, either or. I'm always watching your shit.
0: Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it, bro. Thanks
1: but for yeah, calling dude, in, man. Big fan, yeah, dude. do.
0: All right. Have a great night, bro. You too,
1: bro. Take
0: care. Bye. You too. I see most of you guys in the chat agree with me on the three minutes thing. Um, Chris Bergen says, why is women's tennis less sets too? It should be the same as men. I didn't even know that. I don't know much about tennis, but you know, I'd like to learn more about tennis. Uh, one thing that uh, I learned since moving to Atlanta that I wasn't aware of, this is like a big tennis area. Apparently there are a lot of really good American tennis players come from the Atlanta area who knew, but there's a lot of tennis uh, tournaments and stuff around here. So um, I'd like to learn more about it. I've never been to a tennis match. I don't really know anything about it, but yeah, I I didn't even realize women's tennis is less sets than the men. That makes no sense. That makes absolutely no sense. I just don't get it. And you know, sports talk with Troy, he makes an interesting point. He says more knockouts will make the sport safer. Yes, if it's the right kind of knockout. We got to be clear on that, right? Um a one-sided beatdown where a woman or man is just taking punishment for 8 9 rounds then gets stopped, that's not safer. But that one punch first second third round knockout or whatever, uh, or accumulation stoppage early on in the fight, that's actually better for a fighter's health than taking a prolonged beating. So like getting one hard shot that knocks you out is less dangerous than taking a hundred softer blows over a prolonged period that is actually a lot more dangerous and worse for your health and there's plenty of uh, scientific data to back that up it's just the facts okay back to the phones we go uh we have anonymous on the show what's up how you doing
3: hello hello Oh, Mike, what's up, buddy? I'm sorry, dude. My cat just started fighting right as you fucking clicked on. <laughs> Ooh, sorry for the cussing.
0: Nah, no, no worries, man. Don't. We cuss on this going show. On, buddy? Is this who
3: I think it is? Uh, Jimmy from Boston. Jimmy, brother. I thought this yeah, was you, Jimmy's man. What's Boston. up? How you doing, Jimmy? <laughs> what's going on, brother? Good, good, brother. I needed to. I just um, <clears throat> I'm not usually um, it, you know, at this time of night to call in, but it would need a 300. I had a call in, bro.
0: I appreciate it, man. And, you know,
3: fucking listening to you soon, since the beginning, bro. Since I know. back in the day when you first launched it, man. It's crazy how far you come, but hey, you put in the work, bro. Absolutely.
0: Thank you very much, Jim. Um, how you been, man?
3: Well, uh, you know, every day above ground's a good day.
1: You this know, is true. what can
3: you say? You know, we just try to keep it with you know. But um, just like yeah, I can't wait for you to have kids, man. It's the next step, bro. But, I listen, yeah. I, while well, I call him we're talking about boxing, man, I got to say, man, I'm not as <clears> – <throat> I guess I'm more cynical than a lot of your callers tonight um, because, <laughs> listen, Ortiz <laughs> – Thurman is lunch for any of the top guys at Walterweight. I yeah. mean, he beat this kid. Let's put it in perspective. The kid he beat, Barrios, what's his claim to fame? He needed an absurd robbery, right, that he was you – know, the kid, Barrios um, – Rockemoff or whatever the Russian kid's name is with uh, seven yeah. pro fights out outlanded him 125 because you were just talking about outrageous um you know discrepancies and punches he I was outlanded by 125 yes there you go brother 125 fucking punches he outlanded the kid. And he gets the victory. His face all swollen. It was ridiculous. It was so bad. The WBA, remember, they ordered immediate rematch. It was just so obvious. Yep. And that's when you know, of course, Floyd jumped in. Oh, that's our guy. Yep. And they, you know, they spoon fed him to bubble wrap, boy uh, Davis. And then so so he goes from there. And then he gets next time we see him, he gets smoked by a career hundred uh, super well featherweight, right, one thirty. Start that. Start featherweight. Career. Yeah. Yeah, it, and, you know, Majority was pro-fighter at 130. So he got smoked by that and then goes up to 147. I mean, so, like, I've never seen this kid look good. You know what I mean? He's honestly he a domestic level at best. Is yeah. he? I don't know, man. And I, I think completely Thurman agree with just, you. Um, but here's the thing.
0: You, you can't brother. say that now because, yep. you know, people get offended. But it's like we don't mean it disrespectfully. We're just saying that's the level that Barrios is at. That's just the level he's at.
3: And, and, you, and you know what, Mike? And I understand your position because obviously you work, you know, with the public and, you know, you have a respectable job with the rocks. And huh, I don't give a shit. I have friends when it comes to this. Brother, listen, I've been around, you know, dude. I've been on this fucking rock a long time, decades into the sport, dude. I've seen family members lose their marbles, mm-hmm. you know, fucking dementia from it. So, you know what I'm saying, dude? Like, and I don't like what I see. I don't like the direction of the sport. Yeah. I don't like fucking guys avoiding making their own legacy, which would force Canelo to fight them by creating their own legacy. Because when you're, you know, you, people are talking about you, that creates buzz. Buzz creates pay per view buys. Instead, they sit back like with the fucking bowl in their hand. Please, sir, can I have the fight? <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's a shame. I mean, Canelo's <laughs> carrying this fucking. He is right now. He is. It, he really I mean? is. And, and people, are, it, you know, and then they get on him. i right, ready right, unifies the, the whole fucking division in one year. And because he takes Yilgrim, because he wants to, because he's smart enough to know, you know what I mean? Inactivity is the fucking death of skill, without a doubt. You know what yeah. I mean? Ring rust is, it just will destroy you. So he wanted to stay sharp. He come off those 24 rounds with Golovkin, which I think, and you know, changed him as a fighter. Mm-hmm. gave him confidence that he could take that kind of power. It just changed him. I and mean, I was more of a predator. You know what I mean? In there, yeah, you noticed that. So, um,
0: that's a great point, Jimmy, because exactly. now he stalks dudes. He walks dudes down. And he never exactly. did that. When he fought Lara, when he, he fought did Floyd, that never did it. Even in the first Golovkin fight. with
3: them, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yep, he tried to box with them. Great point. And then, you know, God bless him. But I think he took a trip to Germany. And he got the right chemist, and I know you can't <laughs> even comment on that. And I respect that. But anyway, it is what it is. You know what I mean? You don't put on that kind of mass when you're already that lean at that age. It is what it he is. Looks he looks like a German. But, so, hey. and you know right? And and um, he came back and fought Triple G. And you know what's still funny? Bum glovekin People, you go on Twitter that bio lap of <laughs> hatred, and people just call that kid like, a bum. He's the last dude. Who remember in 10th round that second fight? He rocked Canelo. Hell Got yeah, back he to his corner. First thing his corner said. That's
1: You all
0: right? right? I saw it up close. Oh, so I was like, holy dude, shit. Saw
2: that. And I think one yeah, of the judges rocked, gave that
0: a... uh, Canelo that fucking round. I want to say one or two of them gave Canelo that round.
3: Two of them gave him. Two yeah. of them
2: gave
3: him that round. Yeah. Yep. He rocked him. So think about that. And at, at what, 37 years old, he's doing that? You know what I mean, and so this is disrespect. You got, to, you got to do a whole show on that, but yeah. So I just I'm just so disappointed. Like Andrade, a local kid, right? He out of Providence. I mean, he's yes. I see certain fighters have avoided him because, let's be honest, if you fight him, the, the promotion's on you. He doesn't bring nothing to the table, as you know what I mean, with the big fan base. Right. So he fucking for years he's been complaining about everybody docking him. And then this kid, I can't, I'm not going to attempt to say his name. I'll butcher it. But he, he dumps the belt instead of fighting him. Do you really think he upped his chances going to 168 without a belt, then staying at 160, putting on a performance and say if he beat that kid, and then goes to 168? Don't you think his chances of getting a Canelo fight would be that much more elevated? Because everybody would say, dude, he took out that kid nobody thought he could beat. And the back. I don't know, Mike. I just, thank you, bro. And it's just it's um, shameful. But thank God for my Bam Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, dude! He what he got two weight classes? Yeah, yeah. For that, geez. Well, that I wasn't. The only reason why I wasn't surprised because Steve Kim very seldom. We you know you know as well as I. I mean that dude's the guru, and, I, <laughs> and he he put the stamp on him a few yep. years back. He said, "Can't miss kid, multi division champion." So I you know it's just been kind of waiting for it to happen, but. The angles, the punching power for that, you know, I mean, that was. Did you see that? There was a a sequence
0: in there where off of a pivot, he shot a right uppercut and landed it flush. It was beautiful. His balance. Yeah, that's hard to do off of a shift or a pivot to the outside, shoot a right uppercut in there and land that. Uh, he, He knew to throw that shot. A lot of guys will throw the overhand right from that angle um it feels more comfortable but yep. he, boom shut that up it's like man he, he's he's legit dude he's legit and
3: it's and it's something you'll usually see the smaller guys do yeah. more than you'll see the bigger guys do because something like your size just too much mass
1: yeah. you have
3: literally too so much mass to move it's just a to maneuver to pull off so you'll see the smaller guys you know what i mean They'll Get a, do nice stuff like that but listen that kid's legit it was really good to see and uh you look around. Where else? Who's else taking those dare to be great moments? I mean, this kid. I was surprised when I heard he took it. I was like, wow. I was, you know, fourteen fights. You know what I mean? He hasn't faced anybody at, you know, C-Cartus's, um level of talent. So, and to go in there and really put on that performance—that was, that was—that gave the hot, you know, a good kick. Mm-hmm. But um, outside of that, man, I don't know Clarissa Shields. I don't really follow boxing and. I find her to be a, um, kind of a, I don't know, kind of a hateful person, to be honest with a bitter, hateful person. So I try you know, to get behind women's boxing, but I'm, I just don't bother with her. So so other than that, my brother, I think uh, that covered all the boxing talk. Right. And I know you got to get off the horn. You got other people waiting and shit, Mikey. So I could fucking I'll run your ear off about the sport hey, right you now. you have to call
0: in more often, Jimmy. You get your ass on the show more, man. Uh,
3: Yo, I I, but I end up getting so worked up, like I start pacing as I'm talking, dude. I start getting so worked up. My woman's over there. My wife's like, "Calm down." Oh, I love it. I, so love I don't it. You know, you I mean? to be like,
4: yeah. you know what I mean." Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly and what again, you like, mean, man. And I
3: and I don't mean anything disrespectful by that, dude. You know that. Yeah. You know, I I get family members in the sport. Like, I don't I don't ever call anybody a bum. You know, the sport. If it wasn't for the guys with the ten and fucking eighteen records. They're the yep. ones in the background of the sport, the club fighters.
1: Thank they you. They keep it
3: alive. It's the guys who reached to the gravy train, you know, at the top. Yep. And that's why, I mean, I, I'm really bitter. I'm really bitter about these pay-per-views. And that's an insult because you piss away three quarters of a billion dollars and you can't get a fucking network, to, you know what I mean? To, you know, Don't get give me you started, box, Jimmy. And, Don't dude, get me started on that want one. want nothing to do with them except for pay-per-view. <clears <clears <throat> so he, what does he do? <laughs> This is the thing, oh, man. oh, well, get the fans to finance it. Listen, yeah. at the end of the day, he don't give a shit. He's making 15% on, the, on their salaries. He's not Heyman don't make money off the, pay, off the back end of a pay-per-view. He makes money off the salaries, and then he buys up tickets, and he sells them. He sells um, you know ringside tickets and shit. So he don't care if, if, if the pay-per-view successful. He just doesn't want to put anything out of his own pocket, and then at the end of the day, he doesn't have to because he's just an advisor, not a promoter. Uh, dude, it's a scam, brother. It's a scam. <laughs> but Mikey, listen to Yeah, no, I'm gonna make a definite uh I'm definitely gonna start calling it too, Like I said, I've been big fan of yours since day one, bro. I literally you were the first person who followed me on Twitter, in fact. So
2: Okay. That's yeah, how far man.
3: back. Long time. But long Mike time. Yeah, <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, no, it is, man. Big long time, Mike. But uh yeah, no, I'll definitely start calling it more often, Mike. All right, for Jimmy, sure, brother. I'll let you go, man. But okay, thank you Mike, for you calling. Have a good in, night, bro. man. It's great to hear your voice. No, man. anytime, brother. God bless you too. All right, baby. good talking, again, brother. Peace. All right, peace,
0: Jimmy. Oh man, it was great to hear from you. All right, let's. Oh man, guys, we got a bunch of calls on here. I am not. I'm going to get to maybe two more calls. All right, um, I'm going to get to like two. But man, we've got a bunch more on here. I could have did a three hour show today. Two one zero. You're on the show. What's going on?
1: Hey, what's up, Mike? First time to call a long time listener. Appreciate man, you Anthony.
0: calling, man. And listening. What's your name, brother?
1: Hey, Oh, uh, Anthony or Rod. Yeah. I go okay. by Rod most of the time, but, uh, no, I, I used to, I used to dabble in, uh, media, so I really appreciate what you're doing, man, reading for you. I feel bad. I sent out a, a tweet, um, man, I, did, I, because the, the, the top shows I listen to are, of course, uh, three knockdown rule, um, uh, you and the boxing ran and now for some reason i I think i was in a rush i forgot to put that i felt like shit that was a few days ago and i i feel bad brother sorry (laughs) it's all good (laughs) but yeah those are those are my three top man but you know what shout out to jimmy man i've been listening to bda too because you know i i can have an ear pod in my ear when i'm working so i i I use them so jimmy's hilarious man i love i love hearing jimmy's like the old school guy
0: yes he's so old school
1: yeah yeah yeah, so I know he's on BDA boxing. So yeah, those are like the those are like the four I listen to the most, man. So uh, okay. shout out to y'all, man. I hope y'all keep, y'all keep it going. Y'all y'all get it through the week, man. Trust me. But um, but no, I didn't expect to get uh get online. But but while I'm on here, real quick, shout out to Bam. I'm from San Antonio. I've been covering the kid since he was a since he was a, a band, like little. You know what I mean. Nobody was paying attention to him, and I give a lot of credit to his dad. You know we you know dads are a problem in the sport, but. He's one of those dads that you know he, he homeschooled them mm. he just honed their skills and got them concentrated on boxing and when it came to getting him a trainer he stepped aside and just was there for support and you see him in the back you know and, and this is this is this shows when the when the father does the right thing and plays his role and lets the trainer do the training and does not doesn't try to chime in too much he don't want too many chefs in the kitchen he see what his brother what his brother Franco and now what Bam did that's amazing you know what i mean so the whole city we had a good time watching it you know a lot of people from here were are still buzzing about it but um but no that's a man i got a lot i've been listening to your show for a while now i've been getting stirred up and i'm like man you know let me try to call anyone these days but the one thing i do want to say is i did i want to make a case for the promoters because i've been hearing all the the uh podcast with the bud thing the top rank thing and i'm like you i I'm, I'm gonna side with the fighters first, but one thing I gotta tell people because, like I said, I used to I used to cover this I used to cover the sport a little bit too. Um, the fighters, a lot of fighters are will screw people over just as much as the promoters. Oh yeah, um, you talk to trainers, talk to managers. Oh yeah, I mean you've seen it behind the scenes. There's the the, the fighters, especially with the local promoters that you help. Like they got to deal with little divas that want money and they don't sell tickets and dude, I got they bad don't show stories. up stories
0: it's it's terrible it's you know
1: terrible. so so the the fans got to remember you can't give a turn of a blind eye just say oh bob's bad you know or or i mean i'm not a big fan of the pbc by far but you know um i'm happy that barrio's got another payday cause let's be honest he's, if if he is a club fighter he got 1.5 and 1.5 more, yeah. more likely so i know guy. i know the guy so i'm happy for him but i'm yeah, not a me fan too. of the pbc yeah. trusty but but, but fighters are fighters will screw people. Uh, there's a lot of fight, not all fighters. I'm saying fighters uh, screw people over. I I want to say it just as much as any, as the next man, you know, so people got to realize that. And, um, that's just, that's just the ugly nature. It's a dog eat dog sport, you know, mm-hmm. um, but, um, but no, that's, I, I didn't really come in prepared. I was just kind of listening while I'm getting ready for work, but, uh, no, shout out to your, to your podcast, you know, and, um, you know, listening down from here in Texas and, uh, yeah, man. Hopefully, you make it down to the Ryan Garcia fight. You know, it got announced here in San
0: Antonio. I've been to San Antonio once, and I was down by that waterfront area and all the bars down there, and it was really nice. Dog, I would definitely go back to San Antonio. It was a nice town. So who knows? Maybe we can make yeah, that it's, happen.
1: It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty decent. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like in the Austin, San Antonio area. So um, you know, Austin's you the know, one. Like, uh,
0: I've never been to Austin. That's the one town in Texas I've been to. The rest of them. I still haven't been to Austin. I need to come it's check it out.
1: It's a beautiful city. It's not a fight town. They they try boxing up there. It's more of a music kind of a hipster. You, you're gonna feel like you're back in California. I mean, it's, that's what it's I hear. Really nice yeah, town. it's
0: like Portland. Or yeah, like, yeah, but, yeah,
1: But but one thing I will leave on that note is because San Antonio is a fight town. It's more Hispanic. More of like the working class. Yes. Um, when I was in Austin, a bunch of hipsters. Right. I'm. I'm no shit, I'm out. I'm out eating dinner, you know, and um, you know, I, I'm out on a date, and uh, I hear these 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 little hipsters talking about Jake Paul, you know, talking about boxing. Yes. you know what I mean. So it, that just blew my mind, you know. So shout out to Jake Paul. I was like, you, you know, I I, I like the guy, honestly. He's like the Joker, you know. but Boxing, maybe that's what boxing needs. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because uh, yeah, because and you know, we have to stop dogging on the casual fans. Most. Cas sports fans in America are casuals; they're not hardcore. Casuals are the ones who bring the money to boxing. Hardcore fans, a lot of them, are the first ones who don't buy tickets and who stream. You know what I mean? So that's a great uh, point. I, it just drives me nuts. but like, that's a do you want attention for boxing or not? You know what I mean? Like, they they sound foolish, but we want that. We want to be on, you know, the front page. That's that, and that's what it's going to be. So, uh mm. yeah, so yeah, shout out, Mike. I'll let you go. I know you got calls in, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try to call in and. Uh, Hey, I'm honored
0: to follow Jimmy, man. Hey, man, call in more often, all right, Rod? Appreciate appreciate the support, man. Yeah,
1: for
0: sure, man. Keep doing your thing. You too, brother. All right. Yeah, you know what? Rod called, you know, he brought up a great point that I got to call myself out on. Sometimes I hate on the casual fan. And that's something that I think diehard fans do um, that – we, we we almost become elitists in a way and can't do that shit. He's right. Casual fans are who pumps the money into this sport for the big events, right? My thing is, my only thing is, I just don't like when the diehard fans get pushed out. So like Mayweather Pacquiao is the ultimate example of this. All the diehard fans and the dedicated boxing media, guys like me, that built that fight up for almost a decade got knocked out of the box. When that fight actually happened, there were no diehard fans in attendance that night. And there were very few dedicated boxing media. Ring magazine was not at that fight. Seriously ring magazine. Nobody at ring magazine got credentialed for Mayweather Pacquiao. That is just not right. It's just not right. Sam and a super chat. Thanks again, Sam. He says, why all the Thurman haters? He looked great. I thought he looked good, too. I just want to see how he can look against the elite in the division. All right, we're going to go to the last call. Last call of this show. We're going to go to 224, if my thing picks up. There yeah, 224, you're on the show. What's going on?
1: Hey, what's up, Mike? How you doing?
0: Good. How you doing?
1: Good. Hey, I live like 15 miles outside of Charlotte. And last year I went to Atlanta twice to see Javante Davis fight. And,
4: of
1: course, Stevenson. And I know you mentioned Atlanta being a growing market. Do you expect, like, a big fight to happen in Atlanta this year? Because I don't think it's a – I don't see what fighter could go there and really draw a, you know, good audience or make it a big event.
2: Well,
0: I know that there are a lot of promoters talking about it, and I know that there are several things in the works for this summer. I can't say too much on the record, but there's one show in particular that's going to be either July or August that's going to be downtown at the State Farm Arena probably. That will be a pretty big show. I know that um, this year is not going to be like it was last year. Last year was a ton of events. And unfortunately, because there is so much – Saturation in this market, some of the fight cards didn't sell very well. The ticket sales, because the Braves won the World Series, right? So you had that whole thing going on, and that that ru- ruined, I think it was uh Jamel Herring's fight here. <clears throat> it wasn't promoted well, but the Braves were like in the playoffs going to the World Series at the time, and that crushed it. And then there was um, what else was it? There was like a bowl game or something for one of the late shows they had this year. So there was just a couple other sporting events going on, but, um, there will be big shows coming back here. It's not going to be like it was last year, but you're going to see more shows come back. Cause I think people see how wide open this market is. What has to happen though, is they have to start doing regular shows. That's how you really build a true market. If it's always like a one-off, like every couple of years, Javante Davis comes here or something, that's not enough. But if Tank fights here every single year, once a year, it'll build up a market for him here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: And it makes no sense why Deontay Wilder being from Alabama. Yes. Never even
0: had a fight in Atlanta. Absolutely. You're spot on. Yeah. Because Birmingham, I didn't realize how close Alabama is. Birmingham is like a two hour drive from Atlanta. Um, so so like. He all the Alabama fans would come here, and Deontay's been to Atlanta a million times to party and shit. I just do not understand why the PBC never brought him here. It would it would have been huge. He would have been huge here.
1: Yeah, and one more thing, they got to stop having the fights, especially on the East Coast. Come on at midnight. I was <laughs> there for the Herring fight. I was tired since I got there.
0: Dog, you were tired. I I had to. Post articles. I had to like hit a presser afterwards, send stuff off to my editor, then drive home. I I must have went to bed like 3 a.m. that night. I covered deadline uh for the, the quadras uh Rodriguez fight this weekend. I didn't get to bed till at least one, two o'clock, and it just messes everything up. So I'm with you, man. That's the one thing I miss about LA. Fight cards were done at 10. We go out to dinner after the yeah. fights. Go out for drinks after the fight. It was great.
1: All right, yeah, that's all I wanted to say, man. I guess, uh, it's my first time calling
0: in too. Oh, thanks for calling, man. Thanks for listening to the show. Call back anytime, brother.
1: Hey, no worries. All right, thank all you. Right.
0: All right, man, guys. Like seriously, I'm looking at the. We had over 30 calls today. I got to about half of them, so I apologize because I wasn't able to get to all those but it's awesome we had so many of you guys call in man um maybe one day maybe one day i could get like i don't know a co-host uh or maybe a a panel of co-hosts and we end up doing like a four hour just stream i don't know if you guys would be interested in something like that but we just do like four hours and just have tons of callers and just have some beers and just talk boxing i don't know can we talk boxing for four hours probably could anyway 300 episodes in the books. You guys are awesome. Here is to 300 more, baby. Yeah. All right,
1: guys. I'll see you at the fights. Have a great night. Peace.